Colleagues, welcome back to the office and welcome to our presentation for today. This is Next Generation Excel Reporting Part Quattro, the fourth part and our final part concluding this class and this exploration of this topic of Next Generation Excel Reporting. And in our fourth topic today, we're going to continue our discussion and we're going to continue to look at some Next Generation Excel tools. In today's class, what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to pull the lens back a little bit further on some of the other power aspects of Excel, specifically taking a look at Power Pivot, which despite its name, funny enough, not really a pivot table tool, more of a data modeling tool and something that we can use for modifying and manipulating the data model inside of Excel. Now, Power Pivot is a tool that frankly, most folks are aware of, but they don't really have any good familiarity with, nor do they have the ability to be able to use this tool effectively. In today's class, we're just going to be introducing this tool, hopefully giving you enough knowledge to be able to use it effectively and understand where its role and purpose is in this next generation Excel reporting. Uh, we'll talk about some of the major aspects of importing in data through Power Pivot, as well as how we can modify and manipulate data using DAX, Data Analysis Expressions, uh, and other aspects of that tool. We'll also talk about how it fits into the wider range of Excel reporting of what you can use this to produce whatever type of reports, charts, graphs, maps, and other things inside the application by using Power Pivot to manipulate that data model. And of course, I will do my best to fit in all the different tips and tricks and traps along the way to hopefully get you well acquainted with that next generation Excel reporting. So all that and more in our final exciting installment of Excel Next Generation Reporting. Now, before we get going, I do want to remind you that if you are a financial professional and you need CPE credits, as many of us do to maintain our license, as well as to provide outstanding service to our clients, you can earn credits for watching or listening to today's broadcast. It's very simple. After watching or listening, head on over to cpetoday.com. And today's course code is NGE4. That's NGE and the number four. You can just type that up in the search bar and you'll find today's class. With your purchase, you will get a copy of the presentation, which you can enjoy if you want to go back and learn more, copies of the learning materials to help reinforce the things that we're going to talk about today. You can ask questions and so much more. If you're a new viewer or listener to the CPE Today podcast, welcome. We're so excited and happy that you're here. How about you have a free podcast on us? Pick whatever class you'd like, maybe this class, maybe another class, and at checkout, use coupon code 1FREEPODCAST for a free CPE credit of whatever you'd like in our catalog, as long as it is a podcast course. I will join you at the end of our presentation today. We'll do a couple of review questions to wrap up, and then we'll go ahead and get you on your way. Thank you so much for being here, and enjoy our presentation for today. However, we can also use Power Query. And if we use Power Query, we get the benefit of dynamic data being able to uh, grow and expand or edit based off of um, this data coming in from somewhere else, maybe a, you know, a database or the web or something else like that. So we can create a column from an example to give it an example of the data that we would like it to be. And uh, it will create a new column for us on how that should be. Okay, so we're going to put our active cell right inside of our table. We're going to come over here to our data tab. And from our data tab, we're going to go ahead and select from table range, loading up Power Query. And since that's already a table, we don't have to create one. And it will bring it in for us to be able to start and work with. Okay, so we always want to double check, make sure that we've got the correct data types here. So count is a numeric field. Account name is alphanumeric. 
looks pretty good, you know, in terms of what we are looking for here. Okay, and we want to go ahead and we want to create a, a new column. Okay, so in the first new column, we're going to go ahead and create a column that combines department and account together. And what we're going to end up doing with this is that we're just going to come over to our add column ribbon. And we're going to go ahead and select the option that says uh, uh, create columns from examples. Okay, so it's going to pop over here and it's going to give us the option where we can just literally start to type in stuff and it'll figure out what we want. Now, what's also kind of cool about this is that with respect to this, it will also recommend things that we can do. Okay, so uh, we don't even have to make all the determination. It'll even tell us, for example, what things are available to us. So in this particular one, we want to create department-account. And so we're going to go ahead and start to type what we want, in this case, admin, and notice it will auto-complete. Okay, and then we're going to go ahead and put a dash here, and then we're going to go ahead and say our account. And we want to look and see what that account number is. In this case, it is uh, 61106. Okay, and it's going to figure out what I want it to be. And notice it continues that pattern. For those of you who are familiar with Flashville, this is very similar to that in the sense that it creates that column based off of an example that you've given it. <coughs> Now, if I wanted to do something other than a dash, I could. If we take out that dash and we put a pipe in, as an example here, you'll see it will include that as well. Um, what's nice about this is that we can give it any type of pattern that we'd like and it will continue. So if we wanted to, for example, let's say we're you know, sending out Christmas cards and we wanted to have a nice single um, one, one uh, column of uh, the person's name, first and last name, their address, and everything like that. And we have it all broken out in separate columns. Well, we can give it one example, and it will continue that pattern down for us. Okay, and if we click OK here, it will create that new column, uh, that merged column that will uh, be available in our data set. And so if we come over here, we can go ahead and say this is department and uh, account like that. So we'll give it its own name right there. So that's a great way in terms of being able to add a, uh, a, new, um, a new column to our data set. Now, we can also create, for example, we can also create uh, columns using a code and using formulas inside of this as well. So let's go ahead and take a look at what that might look like as well. Now, if we're happy with this, we've created our new column here. Let's come over here, select that close and load, and let's go ahead and add that data back to our data set here with that new column. And it's important to note that this is not a formula-based column. This is a text-based column, meaning the data is natively inside of the um, inside of the uh, uh, cell, and it's not a formula. It's not doing like a concatenation or something else like that. So let's use another example. Okay, in this particular example, what we have here is that we have a, um, a listing of our check register, okay, and we've got the date associated with each of these checks, the vendor amounts, and you know what I would really, really like to use is that I would like this, for example, to include the, maybe just the fiscal year for something, you know, and so just give it an example of that fiscal period. So what we can do here is that we can go ahead and we can just give it an example of what we would like it to be. And it will go ahead and create 
that fiscal year based off of the date presented inside of our um, table. So again, we'll come over here to our data tab. From our data tab, we're going to go ahead and select from table range. We're going to bring this data into Power Query, and we're going to create another example of a table uh, column for us that doesn't exist in the data um, itself. Now, we're definitely going to want to come over here from the date tab and convert this to just being date rather than date time. So it drops that time zone. Okay. We're also going to go ahead and select that add new step just so that we're not being destructive to any other method. Now, from here, we'll come over here to our add new column, and we can go ahead and we can invoke either a custom function. We can also write a custom column. We can also give it a, uh, a custom um, uh, calculation, which is what we're going to do. So we're going to go ahead and choose here this custom column. And it is going to now give us the ability to create that custom column. Okay. So let's say, for example, I wanted to create a column that would give us the last day of the month for this. So then I could eventually then use it to maybe summarize in a pivot table so that I don't end up with a pivot table with a whole bunch of dates, but rather just the last day of that specific period. You know, so for January 1st, 2019 or January 11th, 2019, we would have a single column that would say January 31st, 2019. So we're going to come over here for our new column and we're going to give it the name of report date like this. And then what we're going to do is we're going to tell it how to calculate. And we're going to say for each of these items, okay, I want you to do the following. And we're going to say use the date function. We're going to use the end of month. It could be end of quarter. It could be end of year. And then we're going to tell it what column to use. In this case, we're going to go ahead and say the date column like that with an end parentheses as well. Okay. And that's what it would look like. And what this is literally saying is to iterate, okay, through the actual items in this table itself using the function called uh, date. Okay. Hold on. We actually have, oops, I auto completed it wrong. So let's just back that up a little bit. Using the date function, end of month, use the value presented in the date column. And if we click OK, okay, it's going to create that custom column for us. And I think. Something's not happy uh, with it. Let's see, date of month. Oh, you know what it is? Is that this actually has to be specific. It's title or uh, it's case sensitive. So in this case, I have a capital D for date. I need to ensure that I'm using a capital D in my function as well. And you'll see doing that, we now have that correct function. Let me just go ahead and slide this over here so you can see this side by side with the actual date. Okay, so for January 10th, we still see January 31st. If we scroll down to the next month or March, you'll see that it's correctly pulling that data out. Now, the takeaway from this is that you can always write your own custom functions using Power Query. Now, this specific language that it's using to create the um, date functions is a language called M. And M is a very powerful language with respect to what you can do. Um, you can use a whole bunch of logicals. You can use uh, all different sorts of manipulation, including parameters and other, other stuff like that uh, to manipulate your language to whatever you want it to be. However, there are some specific functional arguments and structure and syntax that you have to follow when you use the M language. And part of it is, for example, specifying the data that you want to work with, the uh, parameters that you want to work with, and then using the specific syntax language that you would like to work with with Power Query.
So if you're looking to get started with learning a little bit more about M, Microsoft has some documentation on their website that will give you some specifics about how to utilize this um, language for writing your own formulas. And additionally, from here, you can also um, write your own steps as well. I mean, you're not limited, for example, to just using the Power Query uh, editor, you can write your own M language code to do whatever type of analysis you'd like it to be. And increasingly, as you start to move up with respect to your uh, language uh, or with respect to your analysis, you're increasingly going to have to create your own code to be able to do this work. Okay, let's uh, let's use another example, and hopefully this will work out okay here. Let's talk about maybe how we might do something like a fiscal year calculation. Okay, so right now we've got our dates listed here, but again, these are all calendar based and our organization does things by fiscal period. Well, what we can do is we can actually write a, uh, um, a calculation that will do our uh, conversion and help us kind of figure out essentially going from uh, a calendar period to a fiscal period. Okay, give me one second here. Let me just clean this up a little bit. Okay, and let's go ahead and try this one more time. We'll come over here to our fiscal year and let's try this out. Okay. Okay, now in this particular instance, let's do a calculation that will allow us to determine based off of the calendar period what fiscal year something would um, arrive into. Okay, just like with before, we're going to go ahead and convert our date from being date time, rather specifically just into date. And then we're going to create another calculation that's going to look at the date. And if the month is greater than March, it will add one to the year. So 2019 will become 2020 uh, from March forward. And if it's January, February, it will uh, make that the prior fiscal period. Okay, so let's go ahead and try this out here. We are going to come over here to our add column. We're going to go ahead and select our custom column. And we're going to call this one F dash year to do our fiscal year calculation. Okay. Now our formula for this is going to be text from, and then we're going to go ahead and use an open parentheses here. And we're going to write a if statement. Okay. So we're going to say if, Okay, the date dash month. Okay, so the this is what we call function and method. So the function we're using is the date function. The method is month. Uh, very similar to like if you were to just run the month function inside of uh, Excel and it will just extract the month. This would do very similarly with just uh, but inside of the M programming language. One of the nice things about it, it'll give you the syntax of whatever you're calling here. So it'll help you figure out, make sure you're getting the right thing. But then we're going to use an open parentheses to call this function. Okay. Then we're going to use a square bracket to say we want to use the date uh, column listed here. Okay. And then we're going to use the close parentheses. And this literally says, Hey, go to the date column and get the month of the date column. Okay. That's all we want you to do. And then from here, we're going to say, if it is greater than three, do what? Well, we're going to say then, oops, take the date method 
use the year function and we're going to take the date again using square brackets always represent the column that we want and we're going to go ahead and take that date and we're going to add one to it increasing that date by a year now what do you do if it's false well in this case this is an else statement so we're going to say else date year okay open bracket oops open parentheses open bracket okay date close bracket close parentheses and then another close parentheses around this Okay, and so we're going to go ahead and click OK here. And if we did what we were supposed to do, sure enough, we get our fiscal year calculation. Let's drag that over here so that you can see this. And so we can see here for January, still 2019. But as we get into March, um, it might be a little bit longer than that. Hold on. Let's see. Sometimes it is a lot of fun debugging your own code. Okay, advanced editor. Let's take a look at this. Okay, and... Okay, from each, if the date is greater than that, well, that looks about right. I, I'm guessing I, I transposed something somewhere. Uh, but the intention of this is, is that you can create your own function um, to do whatever type of calculations you would need. And so even if it's not in that current correct fiscal, oh, no, it is right. Okay, <laughs> okay we can see here that when it is greater than three, it is going into the, uh, in this, I didn't realize the data was in descending order. Uh, but we can see here that it is uh, greater than March, so it's going into the 2019 period. Uh, so this is a way, for example, that you can allocate your um, reports to always be in that correct fiscal period without having to write the actual logic in the report itself. Uh, it will always be contained inside a Power Query. So when we're happy with this, we go ahead and do that close and load. And that close and load will return that data back to Excel in that correct format for what we would like it uh, to be. Okay, a couple more examples of what we want to use inside of Power Query. Okay, so if we look, we've got a couple more examples here that are that are useful to know. Uh, let's talk about transposition. Okay, so when we transpose something, we're basically flipping orientation of stuff. Okay, in this particular example, we have a report that is going in my opinion, in the wrong direction. You know, I personally would prefer that, you know, anytime that we're working with report, I'd rather have more rows and less columns. So I'd really like, for example, this data to be flipped. Now, an easy way to do this, not using Power Query, is to literally copy and paste the data. So if I take this data and I copy it, I can come over here to Data, Paste Special, and then I can go ahead and select this Transpose option, and that will do that straight away. But again, what's the big issue with respect to transposing uh, data using copy and paste, well, it's a one-time thing, meaning I have to do this every single time I, I uh, import that data. But if the report that I'm working with is always working with the same set, one of the things that we can do with this is that we can come over here and we can go ahead and select the data tab and we can use Power Query to transpose it for us, returning back a clean data set. So we'll go ahead and select this from table range. This is not a table currently, so we're going to have to tell it to make it a table. And then we can go ahead and we can tell it to transpose our data, uh, putting it into the correct orientation. Now to do this, really simple, okay? What we're gonna choose from the transformation tab is we're going to choose the transpose option. And what we wanna do with this is that we want to um, tell it, you know, for example, if it wasn't a data table, sometimes, for example, when you pop up, it'll have, you know, uh, 
it will not recognize that you didn't uh, indicate that the header row was the first row. One of the cool things I will point out over here under transpose is there's this option that says use the first row as headers. So if you ever, for example, get it in here and it says column one, column two, column three, well, you could tell it to add those header rows after the fact, which is kind of cool. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and transpose this data. And we're going to go ahead and select our division here. We're going to go ahead and select the transpose option. Okay, and it's going to go ahead and transpose it, putting it into the correct order for what we would want. Now, you'll notice, as I mentioned a minute ago, when I did this, I now am losing, because I transposed, I flipped the orientation, I'm now losing my header row. Okay, well, what I can do is I can go ahead and select that column one here, come back over here under the transpose option, select use first row's header, pumps it back up, and now we've got our header row listed uh, inside of our data. Now, the last thing I probably want to do here, just to not confuse folks, is I probably want to remove my total row, because again, I don't ever want to do double calculations on this. So we'll come back over here to our home tab, we'll select remove rows, remove bottom rows, remove the last row, Okay, give it a second, tell it to remove one. And there we go. We now have a clean option of bringing our data into Excel in the correct order and in the correct uh, visual appearance. There we go. Give it a second to pop up here. There you go. And so now we've essentially transposed this data, making it available for, um, for our use. Okay. Please, if anybody has any questions on this or how you could use this tool, always uh, feel free to leave a comment as well as uh, shoot me a chat message. I'd be more than happy to address to discuss how you would use it. Alrighty. Now, a question that will often pop up here, especially when you're deleting and removing things, hey, can I use normal Excel functionality uh, inside of my Power Query query? You know, like let's say, for example, you wanted to use normal Excel functionality to delete the, uh, the row or to add a column or create a function. And the answer is unfortunately not. Uh, Power Query uses its own language, that M programming language. You can always see what the programming language looks like by coming over here to the Home tab and then selecting Advanced Editor. And you'll see uh, that it's not anything like what you would expect for Excel. In fact, if we look at this last row here, remove bottom rows, uh, it actually is using the function table, the method remove last end. It's specifically looking for those uh, uh, items. You know, in this case, it's using the uh, view of change type and removing that last row, which then ultimately removes that last bottom row. But everything has to be done using this M programming language. So if it's uh, not supported in M, uh, it's not going to be able to be done inside of Power Query. Additionally, what I would also point out is that um, if there's an equivalent function from Excel in Power Query, you have to do it the Power Query way in order for that to work. Okay, so we've got one or two more examples with Power Query left. I tend to focus more on this than probably just about any other aspect of this class and uh, course just because it is so powerful once you understand where and how you can use this incredible, uh, incredible tool. Okay. Now for this next one, I'm going to actually create a new blank Excel workbook uh, just because I, I want you to see this cleanly. And this is a really cool example of what you can do. Okay. 
Sometimes, for example, you will have a folder of data, okay, June, July, and August financial data. And you want to create a spreadsheet that essentially combines all of these plus future data that might come into this. Well, you can always combine spreadsheets manually, but man, is that a lot of work inside of Excel to be able to do. Well, guess what? In Power Query, you can combine a whole folder of data right here. You know, so imagine you've got a subsidiary ledger and then a master ledger and your subsidiary ledger sums up to the master ledger and combines those different items together. But what you can do is you can use Power Query to query a whole folder of data and then combine it all in one click. And then as new data is added, and we'll do this here in a minute, you know, as we, for example, push and pull things out of this folder, you'll see our Excel workbook will update automatically. And so if you need to, for example, consolidate, this is a really easy way to be able to do this. Now, to get started with this, we're going to come over here to our data tab. And from our data tab, we're going to go ahead and choose from get data from other sources. And then what we're ultimately going to choose, actually, sorry, from data. And we're going to uh, choose from file. And we're going to ultimately choose from folder. Okay. And we're going to go ahead and point it at where our folder of data might be. Okay. In this case, we're going to go ahead and choose this example, get data from folder here. We're going to go ahead and click OK. Now, a big caveat to this is that the file format of these have to be consistent. You wouldn't want drastically different presentations from July, June, or August. You'd want it to roughly be the same, okay? But that's pretty common, for example, when you're working with um, subsidiary ledgers, working to a master ledger, they're always going to be the same format, okay? Now, once we've got this listed here, what we're going to choose is combine and we're going to choose combine and load to. Now, if we needed to do modifications of this, we could also do combine and transform. So if it's not in the right format, we can go ahead and adjust it as needed. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and choose this combine and load to. And this is going to give us the option now to determine where this data goes and how it should function. It's going to give us the option, for example, to determine how this data should be imported in. Now, the first option it's going to do, it's going to load up the first of these files, and it's going to give us a representation of what that file looks like. And we could choose which one we want, you know, for example, the first file, or we could specify other files in this. August is being chosen basically because of that alpha order. So we're going to go ahead and choose this here. It's going to indicate our header row by being a little bit darker. So that's always good. You always want to make sure you've got your header row, and you're going to go ahead and click OK. And once it makes that connection to that folder, it's now going to ask you what you want to do with that particular data. And so it's going to say, hey, do you want to load in a table? Do you want to create a pivot table, pivot chart, so on and so forth? Let's just go ahead and load it into a table. And let's go ahead and use this existing worksheet. And let's go ahead and say cell A1. We'll click OK. Now what it's doing is it's connecting to that folder. And it's actually combining all of them. So if we see here, August data, July data, June data, so on and so forth, they're all listed here. I only showed you the table form just so you could kind of see the magic behind the, uh, the curtain here. Normally, if I were doing this in a production database, I would um, just straight away take it to a pivot table. But in a nutshell, in the back end, it's combining all of this into a single table for you. So now what we can do is we can go ahead and turn this into a pivot table. So we'll select from the table design, summarize with pivot table option here. And we're going to go ahead and select 
the columns that we would like to see appear. So let's zoom out a little bit. And from our options here, let's go ahead and select the mount, pull that down here to values. Let's pull our period ended over here to columns. Let's pull our account down here to rows. There you go. Let's go ahead and put this into the accounting format. There you go, a consolidated financial statement in almost no work. Now, to drill this point home, let's take a look back at our folder here. And let's, for example, pull our August, let's pull our June out of this folder. So I'm going to take this June data and I'm going to move it up one folder to the folder above it. Okay, in terms of the hierarchy, it's just going one level up. Okay, so it's now out of the scope of that folder. If we come back over here to our data tab and select refresh all, okay, give it a second here. Notice June goes away, okay, because it is connected to the folder, not to the specific files. If we were to pull in June back into this get data from folder, okay, and then we come over here and we go ahead and select this refresh all. Okay, sometimes you have to hit it more than once because it has to refresh one object than the next object in order to be there. But notice now June is now included. Let's do that one more time. Let's go ahead and remove August and July. Okay, so we take our August and July data. We're gonna go ahead and move them out of the folder. We're moving them into a separate folder. So it's just June. We're gonna refresh this. And in doing so, you'll see that those months go away. So in my opinion, I mean, this is just like magic in some respects. You know, you can create your own subsidiary ledgers, move them into the folder for reporting purposes, hit the refresh button, and it will automatically just summarize your pivot table for you. To me, that just seems truly uh, automagical, you know, for what you could choose to do it with. And I've done a number of really incredible consolidations with respect to this specific tool um, by just using pivot tables and using consistent, clean um, subsidiary ledgers and then using the import uh, folder functionality to combine them all together. Okay. That brings us to the end of our discussion for Power Query. And we're going to go ahead and move on to uh, Power Pivot next. But again, if anybody has any questions or comments, please feel free to do so. I'm more than happy to address your specific needs and interests. I just need to know what you're looking for. Okay, so in our next section of our course, we're going to be looking with working and looking at Power Pivot. Now, Power Pivot has been a function that has come around. Um, it's been around for Excel for a long time. It was originally introduced in Excel 2010, and since then, the functionality has improved dramatically. Uh, however, for a lot of people, Power Pivot is out of reach in terms of, of what they can do. Uh, I know when I first started working with Power Pivot, I remember thinking like, what the heck is this thing? It felt very foreign. It felt very difficult. I remember thinking, for example, um, I remember thinking, for example, uh, you know, how would I ever possibly use this tool? You know, and what would that potentially look like? And how would that, uh, would that function? Uh, and I think, Power Pivot has this identity crisis, you know, the fact that it's called Power Pivot, first and foremost, a lot of people think it's just a, a pivot table on steroids. 
But in reality, it's not a pivot table at all. It's a tool really for kind of manipulating and modifying uh, the data model inside of Excel. And it gives us the ability, for example, to do additional calculations using DAX, as well as to create hierarchies and uh, measures and KPIs um, inside of our data model. Uh, Power Pivot is a really powerful tool. And if you expect, for example, to want to go up the value chain of Microsoft applications from Excel to Power BI, learning how to use Power Pivot will absolutely be in your interest. With Power Pivot, it's optional to use it inside of Excel. Okay, you don't have to use this tool. But I will tell you that with respect to Power BI, it's not optional. So with respect to Power BI, our only option is to use uh, DAX and to use the data modeling techniques. Uh, Power BI is a less forgiving tool than you, you will get with Excel. Uh, however, in the fact that it's less forgiving makes it incredibly powerful for what it does. So if we kind of go back and we look at our next generation reporting, we've taken data from these different sources. We've used Power Query to be able to access them, transform them, bring the data to the position to be able to be usable inside of our analysis. And we've ultimately delivered them back in table format and we've now started to create our data models. Power Query answers the question of how do I get access to my data? Power Pivot answers the question of how do I make this data useful and how do I actually analyze and do analytics based off of that okay so power pivot the language of which is going to be called DAX and I know there's there's a lot going on here I mean I just introduced M the programming language for you for power query well guess what we've got a whole nother language for power pivot as well these data analysis expressions so with power pivot we're going to bring the data in and manipulate and modify it and then ultimately we're going to be using DAX to be able to create additional calculations uh, for it. Now where Power Pivot really kind of shines is the fact that we can use it to create, as I like to think of them as industrial strength pivot tables without a lot of major calculation delays. You would never use Power Pivot, for example, for a hundred rows of data or a thousand rows of data or even 10,000 rows of data. You know, but if you're a larger organization and you've got a ton of data that you need to be able to uh, modify and that you need to be able to work with, uh, I'm talking millions of rows, Power Pivot is definitely going to be the tool that you have to use. Okay, so it is a very uh, scalable tool that allows us to get around a lot of the existing limitations that we would expect with Microsoft uh, Excel, you know. If we're importing our data in using Power Query and then ultimately using Power Pivot, we don't have the same limitations that we would get with Excel with a million rows and 16,000 columns. In fact, we can have as much data as our computer can process. And I regularly will use Power Pivot to manipulate data models with excess of 15, 20 million rows of data. And it does it like that. It's really, really useful for that. So, uh, if we think of existing functions inside of Excel, let's take VLOOKUP, something that we've used for a long time for, you know, finding data inside of Excel. VLOOKUP is incredibly slow. It's really, 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 really slow. Can you imagine running a VLOOKUP on 16 million rows? I mean, <laughs> maybe if you're paid by the hour, you know, but for most of us, it would be unacceptably slow. And that's why we have to use Power Pivot and DAX is because it's designed for scale and it's designed for speed. 
Now, Power Pivot also allows us to summarize data coming from multiple sources. We're going to go back and take a look at that example I showed you earlier with pulling in data from AdventureWorks, and we're going to use Power Pivot to be able to combine the data really fastly and succinctly and to be able to create that pivot table uh, cleanly. Um, so Power Pivot has a ton of tools for linking data from lots of different sources, including Power Query and other places, and it's just the way that we want to do it. So the advanced capabilities, the ability to do advanced calculations, the ability to work with multiple data sets concurrently really kind of make Power Pivot the tool of choice for large scale manipulation. Um, and it's a tool that you're going to selectively use. If you're working with small data, you don't need this. You're working with hundreds of thousands, millions of rows of data. This is going to be what you need to use. So let's go ahead and switch over to Power pivot and take a look at the functionality and let's look at importing in our first data set. All right, so we're going to start off with a blank Excel workbook and uh, we are going to Access Power Pivot by coming over here to the Data tab. And then from the Data tab, from the Data Tools section, we're going to go ahead and click the little green button right there, and that will bring up our Power Pivot window. I will point out that Power Pivot, like many other aspects of Excel, exists in other places of the application as well. So, for example, uh, you might see some of the buttons sometimes over here in the Developer Toolbar, and you might even also see some of the buttons over here in the Dedicated Power Pivot Toolbar. If you are not seeing Power Pivot, one of the quick things I will point out is that you might not have it enabled in your specific version of Excel. And that can happen sometimes just depending on the user, depending on the version of Excel and the year that you are, uh, uh, the Excel version year that you're using. One of the quick things you might want to check out would be if you come on over here to the file menu and from the file menu, drop down here into Excel options. From Excel options, you'll see add-ins, okay? And then from the add-ins, this is where we can turn off and on the major functions inside of Excel. And Power Pivot is a what we call a COM add-in for Excel. So you'll see it's listed here as a COM add-in. So if we come down here to where it says Manage Excel Add-ins, and instead of choosing Excel add-ins, we choose COM add-ins, this again be where we would turn off and on the um, functionality inside of this. So for my use cases, I almost always have the inquire toolbar turned on. You will only see that if you have the enterprise version of Excel, enterprise version of 365 or the Pro Plus. And uh, I always, almost always have Power Map and Power Pivot. Power View is the older methodology for creating um, dashboards. Um, I will tell you it still exists. There's still reasons to use it, but not many. If you're going to use, for example, dashboarding, you're so much better off using Power BI than using, the, than using Excel. So if you don't see Power Pivot, go ahead and turn this option on, click OK, and then you'll see that Power Pivot menu button. And then if you come over here to the Data tab, you'll see that option listed over here as well. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and click that Power Pivot, and it's going to go ahead and load up for us, and it's going to show us the features and functionality that we would come to expect with our Power Pivot tools. 
Okay, now Power Pivot, like Power Query, is a relatively simple interface up top, and it's actually even more simple than what we would expect with um, uh, than what we get even with Power Query. Uh, there's only a couple of menus. There's the Home menu, which is all about bringing data in and modifying the data and putting it into the correct format. We have our Design menu which is going to give us calculations, the ability to modify our data model and create things like a date table. And we have our advanced menu, which is where we would create perspectives, hierarchies, as well as our measures. Now we're gonna go back to that example of using AdventureWorks and we're gonna take a look at bringing in some of the data from there. Now, the way we're gonna bring in data from Power Pivot is from the Home tab and we're gonna go ahead and select from database and in our case, we're gonna go ahead and select from access. Okay, now we're going to go ahead and map over, we're gonna go ahead and map over that access database that we were working with earlier, and we're going to go ahead and bring in that data uh, for us to try. So go ahead and point it to wherever you happen to have that uh, database stored. In my particular case, we're gonna click the Browse tab. And from the Browse tab, we'll come over here to Chapter 3, and we're going to choose this AdventureWorks database, and we're going to go ahead and click Open. Now, if we are working with a database, 9 times out of 10, again, it's going to require some authentication. So there's only really three things you need to know to get access to that database. Uh, you need to know where it's located, either an IP address or the physical file location, and then you also need to know authentication, the username, password, and the, uh, you know, the way that you would be able to connect to that database. You can always click this little test button, and as long as you have access to it, it'll pop up saying test succeeded. And we're now going to go ahead and click the next button. Now, for our power users, there is an option here, write a query that will specify the data to import. Now, if you are a database nerd like myself, this is absolutely the way you're going to go. Um, if you can write your own query, the benefit being is that, uh, one, it, it just it will run more efficiently and effectively, and it'll get the data in the exact format that you would want. Uh, the other method, for example, is to select from a list of tables that you would like to import. The best analogy, metaphor I can give you, you know, this is a shotgun approach. You're just getting everything. This is a sniper approach where you're getting the exact stuff and in the exact way that you would like to, uh, that you would like to use it. So in our particular example here, we're going to go ahead and just choose from a list of tables. And we're going to bring in those same tables that we worked with before, uh, which are our people data, our production data, and our sales data. And so we're going to go ahead and choose our person address. We'll choose our person person too, actually. Okay. Okay, we'll choose our person person. We're going to go ahead and choose our person address. We'll go ahead and choose that as well. I don't know why it's not giving me a little checkbox there. Okay, and then we're going to go ahead and choose our state province, and we're going to go ahead and choose our state uh, country as well. So where are you here? Let's see, country region. Yep, that was the other option that we wanted here. We'll choose our production product. We're going to choose our category and subcategory. Okay, and then we're going to go ahead and choose our customer order detail and order header. Okay. And we'll choose our order detail and order header. And we're going to go ahead and click finish here. And what it's going to do is it's going to import in those records and look how fast it's actually going here. Okay. With respect to how quickly it's pulling this data in. 
Okay, so it's imported in essentially 250,000 records, roughly. Uh, now, maybe not that many, maybe 175,000 records. And it's brought them in for us to be able to manipulate and work with. Okay, and if you have any errors, it would go ahead and tell you about those specific errors as well. So a question will usually pop up here. What's the fastest ways to load large data? Right here, it's using Power Query. Uh, it's using Power Query and it's using Power Pivot. And if you can, you know, cut out Power um, Query and just use Power Pivot. Power Pivot is the fastest way of being able to get large quantities of data into um, Excel. Now from here, the next thing that you're gonna to wanna to do is relate your data so that you can report upon it. And that's gonna be coming over here to your diagram view in the upper right-hand corner. And if we select this, what we're gonna see here is a visual representation of all the tables that are in our Power Pivot view. And we're gonna go ahead and expand these all just so we can see them. And I'm going to do my best to zoom in here in a second so you can see some of this. I just wanna see what all these tables do real quick. And the next bit of this would be to map the data model so that everything is touching at least something else. Now, I like to, for example, group stuff together. So I'm gonna put, for example, my order detail stuff over here in my lower right. So I'm gonna put anything with the prefix of sales over here. We're gonna put our production data over here in the lower left. Okay, we're gonna put our production product over here, and then we're gonna go ahead and put our person data right here in the at the top. And let's go ahead and zoom in. Let's try to make this stuff a little bit tighter so you can more easily see it. Where you put these things inside of your power pivot doesn't really matter. It's really a matter of personal preference. The big thing is, is that you just need to have an understanding of the data and how all these different pieces come together. So what we're ultimately trying to do here is we're trying to map all these different components together. So as an example here, we have our person-person. Okay, what we want to be looking here is, and we want to find the things that allow these different components to be able to talk with each other. Uh, so we've got a person, person, person address, person, country, region, and person, state, province. Okay. And I might have grabbed one extra table. I'm not sure if 100% if I need this person, person. So we might end up getting rid of that at some point. But what we're going to look at is we're going to look for the different commonalities. In this case, state, province maps over to this. And you'll see that it'll start to create these relationships between these different components. Likewise, our country, region code maps over here. And I actually don't think I need this person person. So I'm going to go ahead and delete that. And that's not a problem. You right click on that table, you select delete, doesn't delete the data natively, it just deletes it from the view, basically, and removes it from power pivot, and it's out of view. Okay, likewise, we're going to come over here to our order tables. Okay, our details going to map to our order header. And so we're going to go ahead and say our sales order ID matches over here. We're looking for the commonalities between these different applications and trying to find as many things as we can. For our order header, what we're probably going to be looking at for over here is our customer ID. So we're going to go ahead and choose our customer ID and we're going to map that little guy over here as well. Now for our customer, we're probably going to be looking for some sort of address ID, I would assume. Let's see, person ID, and we'll come back to that in a minute, okay? Now down here for our product information, we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna go ahead and map in our product info. 
Okay, so for our product categories, we're going to go ahead and map over from our subcategory to our product category ID. Likewise, to our product ID, that is going to go to one of these as well. So we're going to look through these, looking for the common uh, fields that that tie these items together. So if we look over here to our production product, we'll see our product subcategory ID that will map over and this as well. Oops, see, and if I mapped it to the wrong one, hopefully it will tell you in this particular case it did uh, but hopefully it'll tell you when you're wrong and won't let you map but in this particular case it told me i'm wrong just don't ever rely on that actually being the case okay so now we've got essentially three things we've got our people we've got our products and we've got our orders and this is usually where i lose people so i'm going to do my best to uh, try to go slow and make this relatable okay now, what we need here is we need to map all of these items so that essentially we can move from one of these items to the next. Okay, so in this particular case, we're going to look over here under our order detail, and that's probably going to tell us what product somebody bought and in case it does. So if we scoot this over. Okay, let me go ahead. And if we pull our product ID down here, what we would ultimately want to do is map that over here to our product ID listed. So now our individual orders are mapped to the products so that we can report upon any of this. Okay. Now the next bit that we need to do is that we need to map over the addresses to the orders. So if I can hopefully can figure this out real quick, let's see, we are going to need perfect our address ID. Okay, and so we're going to go ahead and pull our built to address ID to our address ID of people. Now, what we have ultimately created here is that we have created the ability to be able to do kind of any reporting from any aspect of this data from any other aspect of this data. So if you wanted to, for example, pull information related to people against orders or from orders to products, we could go ahead and and do that. Okay, so let me see if I can summarize this a little bit easier. Let's go ahead and do this this direction. There we go. And again, I'm only doing this so people can understand uh, how these fit together. Okay, so ultimately everything has to touch everything else. The uh, metaphor I like to use in this is that um, I don't know if any of you have ever been to like Minneapolis or St. Paul. They've got these wonderful sky bridges that connect every part of downtown to every other part of downtown. Uh, so that in the winter months, you don't have to walk outside and you can stay nice and warm. You know, I want you to think of the different sky bridges of your data here so that if you were over here under your address, you could walk all the way over to your categories. Or if you're in your categories, you could ultimately walk over to your people so that you could find out what people bought what things. OK, now, as complicated as this might seem, and it certainly is. Unfortunately, this is not optional. You have to have a mapping in order for this to be able to work. It everything has to at least be touching one other thing in order for you to build, in order for you to be able to get this um, in order for you to be able to get this specificity and be able to do the reporting. Now, to finish this up, we're going to come over here and we're going to select our from the home tab pivot table, which will return the data back to Excel. Let's go ahead and return it back to cell A1. Well, I guess it's going to go over there. All right. 
All right, let's zoom out a little bit here. And now we can utilize any aspect of our data coming from Power Query, sorry, coming from Power Pivot inside of our pivot table field. So as an example here, let's maybe choose our sales order detail and let's pull our line total and pull that down here to values, okay? So that's going to give us that specific value. Let's go ahead and make this whole thing in the accounting format, make it a little bit cleaner and easier. And delete some extra rows here. Okay. All right, so that pulls that that way. So let's come over here and in our subcategory, let's go ahead and pull our subcategory and pull our subcategory name down here to rows. Okay, boom. We start to see that being built out um, over here. Okay, so let's pull our product category and let's pull our product category and put it above our sub product category. Okay, now we start to get that level of detail. So accessories, individual products, and then the line item. And actually, let's change this from account. From account, let's go ahead and sew this. Uh, you know, we could choose it to be a sum or, or something else if we wanted to. Okay, in the interest of time, I'm going to keep moving on. And let's just go ahead and say uh, for our um, other metric, maybe we want to see it by, by country. So we'll pull our country name over here to our columns. And now we have a pivot table. And so this pivot table is coming from a database that's including several different tables of data uh, and producing a very nice clean report for our work you know and so this gives us in this case this is a count of those orders for where they occurred so we can see that in you know for example uh, our bottles and cages are very popular in germany but maybe not so as popular in france you know we can see for example our mountain bikes are selling really well in canada uh, but they're not selling so well in germany you know so this gives us the ability to be able to report on pause all of these items uh, really quickly and easily. Okay, so let's go ahead and refresh this. At any point when this data updates and changes, what we can go ahead and do is we can click that refresh all. It will connect back out to that database, downloading the new totals and allowing us to update our pivot table report. So if you're looking to do really kind of advanced pivot tables across large quantities of data, this is definitely how you would do it. And once you design it once, once you kind of go through that headache of mapping in your data and creating your data model, this will continue to exist in perpetuity. And you can create as many additional pivot tables as you would like from that one data model. From many comes one. Colleagues, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our presentation and discussion for today. Let's go ahead and wrap up with three quick review questions, and then we'll go ahead and get you on your way for the day. All righty. Our first review question is, what is an issue when pasting into an Excel workbook using the paste special feature to transpose data? So if you're using that paste special, which is a fabulous tool in its own right, uh, what are some of the drawbacks about using that specific tool? Okay. Uh, it applies to all data tables, whether it needs or not. Okay. Well, maybe. Okay. Uh, it automatically happens when data is pulled in. No, unfortunately not. Uh, so what is the possible issue here? Well, it has to be done every single time you pull data in. Uh, so it is going to work regardless of using data tables. And I use that pace special function quite often. Um, but sadly it won't happen every single time you pull the data in. It's going to be something you have to do discreetly every single time you want to use it. Okay. All right. Our next review question. 
What best describes the main purpose of Power Pivot? Okay, so is it making extremely powerful pivot tables? No, it is not. Despite its name, it really doesn't have much to do with pivot tables at all. It has everything to do, though, with modifying the data model inside of Excel. Uh, so it doesn't make any stronger of a pivot table than really anything else. It just pulls the data in and calculates it for us and then ultimately returns it back through the data model. So if it's not that, what is the correct answer here? Well, it's going to be B and C, manipulating and modifying the data model, as well as for doing more advanced calculations, including things like uh, that would normally be used DAX, so data analysis expressions. We can also do hierarchies, we can do measures, and KPIs with that as well. But the correct answer here is going to be B and C. Our third review question, what are the three places you will find the power pivot buttons inside of Excel? Well, guess what? You can find it in all of these places. The data tab under data tools, you can find it in the developer tab, as well as if you've enabled the power pivot ribbon uh, in the uh, user interface, you'll see that as also another place you can find that and access that application. So it's available in lots of different places inside of the application. Well, this does bring us to the end of our series of next generation Excel reporting. Uh, we've gone through a bunch with respect to Power Query, this incredible tool on how you can use uh, and modify data in a number of different ways. We've discussed uh, Power Pivot and modifying of the data model and using DAX to manipulate the data language to produce new calculations and uh, produce new formulas that would otherwise not be present uh, inside of the underlying data itself. And we also learned a bunch of tips and tricks along the way. I'm sure we're going to revisit this topic in the near future. There's no shortage of things to cover. So please stay tuned. I'm sure there are plenty of additional next generation features we will cover. Now, as a reminder, if you're a financial professional and you'd like to earn credits for today, head on over to cpetoday.com. Today's course code is NGE4. Uh, with your purchase, you'll get a copy of the presentation. You can download learning materials. You can ask questions and so much more. If this is your first podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, and if you'd like to get a credit for watching or listening today, go ahead again, check out cpetoday.com and use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at check out to earn a credit for today's class. Now, if you like our content and you want to support the channel and you're not a financial professional, and maybe if you are as well, one of the best ways you could do so is to help us spread the word. You could follow us on social media. You can find us just about everywhere as CPE Today, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and more. And you can also subscribe to our show and listen on your own time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to get content please consider leaving review. It really does help new listeners find the show. Thank you so much for your time and attention today. It is my pleasure, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.